0: everyone, and thank you as always for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios on a beautiful afternoon here in Harambe, uh, and I am uh, doing a little solo thing today, at least for this first few minutes. Safari Mike is not here; he is somewhere in the deserts or in the mountains somewhere. I, I don't know, out west, uh, doing whatever it is he does. So he's not here this week, um, but during the course of the last few days since my um show about my first and thoughts and my first experience in pandora um i knew that we were going to get a lot of um response to that i knew it would be you know, mixed, but entirely probably negative against me because I didn't love it. And I knew going in that a lot of people really did. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with nighting up for Disney, like Mike always says, or being a Disney fan or anything. I think that everybody who's seen it has genuinely really loved it. Um, And there's very little mention to the movie, so it's not like one of these fights of movie people against non-movie people. Um, They seem to really, really like it. Um, And and I wanted to just point out an email... uh, uh, particularly from from a listener named Tony, and Tony, I just want to thank you for listening. He writes, (laughs) so let's review from October 2013, D23. You two fellows were pumped for Rivers of Light and the nighttime safari and have always been down on Pandora. Now all is open, it seems, to the general public, thinks exactly opposite of what you guys have thought. Seems like you guys are not really in touch with what the public likes. also hard to evaluate Pandora without riding uh, Flights of Passage or eating at the Setuli Canteen. Um, that seems to be, Tony seems to to have the general feel of the majority, not the large majority, but the majority of the response that we've gotten from that last show. And and so that kind of made me think about it a little bit. And um, I've done sort of two things here. Number one, I've decided, and I've, I talk about this last time, um, that there were a lot of factors that came into my sort of, borderline pessimism um i mean i think i genuinely liked it and i think i've tried to say that um but i didn't glow about it which sometimes gets turned into well then you didn't like it um I, I, I think that, um, and, and and you'll hear more about this as the show goes on, I still don't think it really belongs here, um, and that there's other things that they could do, but I I, um, I did genuinely like it. I think Joe did a great job with what he was given, um, and I have not done those two things that people really hang their hat on when it comes to this land. Um, so I've decided um, that, that I'm going to As I said, I'm going to do two things. The first thing is, I'm going to see it again in the next few weeks, and I'm going to throw everything away that I've heard before, that I've thought before, due to the incredibly bad weather we had when we were there. I mean, it was awful. Um, And also, due to the fact that I didn't get to experience those two things. So I'm going to throw everything away and I'm going to start anew in a couple of weeks um, and I'm going to do this all over again. I'm going to do a completely different review. Uh, Well, it may not be different, but I'm going to come at it from a different perspective um, in in a few weeks and do this all over again. But until then, I felt the second thing we needed to do was to bring on somebody who I knew and was confident really liked it. Um, who has experienced it multiple times? A local, um, a podcaster uh, who has experienced the the it is a fan of the movie was excited about the idea of the movie being brought to life in Disney style, um, and and you know feels it delivered for him. Uh, and I just I think that we needed to add that to the show. I mean, Mike hasn't seen it yet. Yet he is very down on it, uh, and that can be a little off putting. Um, also, I believe, and I've said this to him, unfair. He hasn't seen it. Um, so, so his perspective needs to sort of, you know, <laughs> be put on hold until he has. Um, uh, and, and I've seen it but I've seen it in context that I think is not ideal uh, and not the context that most people are going to experience it. I think as the land goes on, most people are going to do flights of passage that go there. I mean, right now it's very difficult to get on it. I think it's always going to be difficult to get on it. Um, But, but you know, I think everybody's going to see it. And I think people are going to, to, to um, eat at the canteen. They're going to, they're going to take the time to do those things. Um, And those are two, obviously from the people who've been there, huge, Parts of the success of this land Um, So I've asked an old friend of ours Somebody who's been on the show before uh, And somebody who has uh, Who I knew loved it Scott Campbell from the Enchanted Tiki Talk podcast To join me For an interview To Pandora Veterans on the subject. I just wanted to also put in there that um, uh, that I've been fighting with Skype for ages. I've been trying to get multiple people on the show, and I'm just not having the success with it from the, from the software I've used, and I just haven't had the time to really fix it. So what you're going to hear is certainly not up to the... St- the quality that I like here at the show, at least on my end. I think Scott sounds fine. Um, <laughs> but on my end, it's not great because I had to use the, I can't use my studio microphone. I had to use an, a different microphone and um, and it just doesn't come out quite as well. Uh, but, but you get, you hear everything. Um, it's not distracting by any means. Um, so I think you'll still enjoy it. Uh, and those of you who are looking for another perspective on Pandora, maybe even a better one. Uh, certainly the one we can offer because all we can offer is a person who hasn't seen it, and a person who's only seen torrential downpours for three days, uh, so, <laughs> so and with no sun or anything. So uh, we wanted to 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 give our listeners a a, a perspective on it. Uh, a very different one from 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 what Mike and I can offer, uh, and to do it quickly so that we're not, you know, so that we're still sort of um, relevant here on this and not waiting too long. So without further ado, we're gonna take a little short break, a little musical interlude, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Scott Campbell. This is actually, again, because, Scott, you've been on the show before. I have. You have. So I think you might be the first return guest. I can't be completely positive about that, but I I think so. Um, Before we get into anything, um, I've already explained to the listeners what you're doing here uh, and your purpose for for coming. Uh, I want you to plug what you do.
1: (laughs) So I am co-host of Enchanted Tiki Talk podcast, which... I'm sure most of you have at least heard of, and I'm always the one that's getting crap because I'm the local that they claim <laughs> doesn't go to the parks, but you know, I, I go about every once every seven to ten days, and right. now I'm given crap because all I do is go to Pandora, so <laughs> ready to talk about it.
0: So, so, folks, you now know why Scott is joining us today. Um, and before we get into Pandora and what Disney's done, I, can you first sort of... Um, tell us a little bit of your uh, background going into it as far as you know are you a fan of the movie um you know were you excited about the whole plan uh, because listen people know <laughs> that uh, m- neither if you're listening to the show you know that Mike was really down on the idea
1: yep.
0: um, and I was down on the concept but not but kind of trying to stay positive with it um but i'm not a fan of the film neither is mike so so how what what perspective do you come from on this
1: Nah, i'll, I'll put it out the first i'm i'm not one of those foamers or whatever people call and lifestylers or anything else i'm not everything is pixie dust and whatever else i also don't prejudge anything i try not to watch any ride videos i don't try to Put anything until I can actually physically see something or go on a ride and, and give true right. judgment on it that way. When it comes to Pandora, I'm pretty much like the entire world saw Avatar in theaters. Absolutely loved it. Visually, everything else. Growing up, one of my I don't know if I'd say favorite movies, but um, with animation or anything else, I loved the movie Ferngully. And it took me a while to realize that Avatar is essentially Ferngully just remade. Obviously, on a much much higher budget.
0: Michael, always says Pocahontas.
1: See, I think it's it's almost a spot on, almost a, a steal of Ferngully, just based on how that movie's done. Right. But I, I loved Avatar. Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned it in last week's show that with Beastly Kingdom and everything else, that all these people said Pandora doesn't fit, Avatar doesn't fit, blue people aren't part of the animal kingdom, but. If you step back and look at the original concept of Animal Kingdom, it wasn't always what we have today of you know more more or less the zoo and it had the mythological creatures in it, which we can essentially say Pandora can fit that. um So you know we sat here and watched this for what five seven years of the announcement and right. the getting built and everything else, and I watched it getting built, going to and from work every day. So I was excited for it, you know, with Joe Rohde being on board, James Cameron having a heavy say <laughs> in it. I was very optimistic, I didn't think Joe would allow anything to go wrong in in his baby. So I was happy to be able to go during the first time of Passholder Preview, I made sure to get the the first spot and first time, I think I was about the 10th person in that day. Uh, And then also, crazy enough that people say it, went back on the actual official opening day with my family and it was my wife's idea. You know, people say, why would you go and do that madness? But what we said is you either sit at home and watch TV and sit on your phones and play games all night or go and spend time with the family and enjoy the park. So I absolutely fell in love with it. I was awestruck and speechless when I went through passholder Preview and being able to kind of take it in with, you know, maybe a thousand other people there but through both queues without a single person the entire time. I got a, a whole new respect for that land and the gift shop and the restaurants and everything else about it. The only thing I didn't get to do at Passholder Preview was the nighttime. So when we went opening night, that was my first time to actually see it at night. So it was almost like seeing an entirely new land again.
0: Right. So, as I've said, <laughs> um, part of my, there's two things that went wrong for me. Okay. Uh, And I think the biggest one was when we were down there for this, the weather was awful. I mean, just dreadful, Scott. It was horrible. So uh, that's one of the big reasons why I'm sort of taking a a new approach over the last week, which is not only to bring you on and have somebody else to talk about it, but also... um, to sort of like maybe throw this all away in my head and 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 sure. only talk about the stuff that I could see indoors like the Navi River Journey which you know I wasn't so hyped on um and some <laughs> and some of the other things that I saw I th- thought the gift shop was terrific I thought yeah. the theming inside the restaurant was really good um I just you know I just think the outside is is so you know, was so brought down by this weather.
1: <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll completely back you on that when it comes to the weather, because on Passholder Day, you know, we got in, and it was 11 o'clock that morning, and it was uh, an overcast. Rain was coming that afternoon, and I actually did rain after I had left. But you don't get the full visualization of what that land really looks like, because I think the sun really brings out so many of the different colors and everything else that when we went... Yeah. You know, many times since then, seeing it in the sunlight and everything else, it truly feels different based on the weather. So I, I can totally see what you were saying when it came to the weather.
0: And that's a great point because I, I didn't even think of it that way. I'm just thinking totally in my own, like rushing from cover to cover to try to stay dry. Uh, right. I, I didn't even think about how the colors could have popped out at you. Um, so you need to give us a review of the e-ticket attraction
1: well let me start with the navi river journey and i'll say
0: okay we can discuss uh, that together the other one we (laughs) can't
1: right so i'll I'll agree on that one the queue itself it's um you know i know mike asked you last week it's i would say 30 minutes is probably a a max that anyone should probably wait for that one if you don't have a fast pass the the queue like you said there's not a whole lot to it. it 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 almost feels kind of thrown together. It's not really made for much of a cue for what they've got, but the ride itself. Granted, there's not much, if any, of a story to it. It is absolutely beautiful. I know you guys kind of talked about the screens, but um, I think if you look back at it and really take the visual beauty in of it and the, I mean, one part with the animals, kind of frogs jumping on the leaves above you. And then once you get to the actual shaman and see that audio animatronic, it blows the yeti way. And I've I've been able to see the yeti in its full glory when that ride first opened. But this animatronic, I think, you know, I sat there the first time going through, and I was, is it real? Is it a person? Is it? I, it was just that well done. So I think waiting thirty minutes for that is definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, I. I <laughs> I think this comes this particular ride really comes into your feel for the film because right. um, as somebody who's I've only seen it once um, uh, maybe twice actually. I saw it I think in the movie theaters and then once again when Mike started telling me how terrible it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that without sort of a a feeling for the film, um, it might be lost on you what you're looking at. So right. take yourself away from the film a little bit um, and imagine my wife has never seen the film. She had no idea what she was looking at. You know, right. like she, she was just like, okay, there's blue people and some glowing <laughs> fruit. I mean, that's really all that came to her, you know? So I, I that's, that's the part that kills me. And I use, I always use... Um, Splash Mountain, as the sort of bellwether for all of this, because no one has seen that film, relatively. Sure. A, few, a few of us have. I've saw it years ago, um, but almost no one has seen that movie. Uh, and most of the people who go on it have absolutely no reference for what they're seeing whatsoever. Right. You don't exactly. know exactly. The- They don't know the characters. They don't know the songs. Well, they know Zippity-Doo-Dah, but they don't know any of it. Right. But yet it translates so well. (laughs) Now, that's an e-ticket. That's a thrill ride. This one is not. And that's kind of maybe. So maybe the better comparison will be to The Flights of Passage. Um, you know in those two things but but even just the boat portion, the non-drop version of of Splash mountain, I just feel that that comes to you and tells you a story much better than this does
1: right well that's exactly I mean that's why I said there's there's no story to it and I I purposely watched the movie again the night prior to the preview event just okay. so that I could, you know, I, I remember the movie, but there was things that I wanted to remember within as far as certain aspects of it. And I've known people that have come down and I've told them, you know, especially those that have never seen the movie. It's worth seeing the movie. And if maybe they saw it 10 years ago, it's, you know, it's not fresh in their mind. I said, you know, rewatch it. And everyone that has watched it either for the first time or rewatched it right before going fell in love with the land even more because they were able to connect it to it, which is an unfortunate thing. I feel because. I don't feel you should have to watch this movie to really get it.
0: And 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 Scott, they need to stop with the screens. I I know. I, I don't know what I I don't know what I have to say. <laughs> they need to stop with the screens. It's so cheap. It's so easy.
1: It they, is, but I gotta say the I think one of my favorite parts, other than the animatronic, and I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm sure most people seen pictures or ride throughs. There's one part where you go around a bend, and there's a log that has. Creatures crawling on it, and there's stuff in the water and everything else. I think that one scene in the ride was absolutely beautiful, and, and I get that most of that log that was up above was a screen on it, but they made it so real that I didn't even know it was a screen until right. I wrote it the second time.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is they they have they're starting to work, I think, better at integrating the screen technology in, but right, but still, I, they just got to give it up. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to go to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too much further into my griping over the screens the audio animatronic is beautiful is that a character from the film it's not right yes it is yes oh it's the one that sort of blesses him and oh okay i remember this scene okay now 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 it's coming to me but see there you go i've seen the movie twice and i didn't know she, I, I forgot that she right. was a character from the film so without even knowing that you're still incredibly impressed by what she does although i'm a little i don't know what the arm motions are Anyway, (laughs) Um, overall, and I and I have a hard time conveying this stuff with Mike because Mike is so negative on it. And this is basically a crabbing on Mike fest here today. Um, I, you know, I did like it. I do like it. I I think one of the things that I said the last time um, is that it has a very Disneyland feel to it. Because it is so intimate, and it is so close, and everything's real, real close to you, rather right. than the big um, boat rides. If you think of, you know, it's a small world where everything is sort of, you know, 10 yards away or, or more. Um, this stuff is right on top of you, and, and, and that's one of the things I really liked about it was that you really got a journey feel out of this. If, you, if the story was lost on you, that's fine, but the visuals are certainly not lost on anybody who rides it.
1: Right, and it's a, a full three sixty of all around you.
0: Yeah, they did a beautiful, beautiful job with that. But I, I want to I, I don't want I, I want to hear about flights of passage. Okay. Many people tell me, um you, you get people on the Twitters now I don't pay attention to Twitter, so but you get <laughs> people online who tell me this is one of the best things Disney's ever done. Yes. But then I was as I said in the last show, I was talking to people, which is my want to do. Um, both cast members who will be off the record and, uh, and guests, um, and in my time sitting in bars and things like that, which is what I do when I'm there. Um, and my feeling was from them is, um, no, it's not the greatest ride they've ever done. It's a good ride. It's good. Now, how do you feel?
1: Now, I've only been to Disneyland and obviously Disney World, but in... In my opinion, it is the best thing Disney has ever created.
0: So, just, just, just so we can hold your feet to the fire on this. <laughs> it's better than anything Walt was involved in. It's better than the mansion, pirates. It's better than all that.
1: I think when you look at everything as a whole, and not necessarily the historical impact and everything about it, It is so far ahead of its time technologically that I don't know that any other park can try to even recreate something that can get close to this probably for years.
0: Okay, so, spoiler kids, if you haven't ridden it, spoiler, 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 describe it to us.
1: (laughs) So, let me start with the queue on the outside. Now, they've said that they built this queue for a five-hour wait, which it has been hitting quite often. Yeah. So, the fact that they knew what kind of crowd this was going to draw in and that they spent the time to put yourself into the attraction for five hours. I think that says a lot about it. And you you start by going outside and then in through the mountain in the cave and you see kind of their cave paintings. And then you go into kind of the bioluminescent forest and then you enter their lab uh, and you see the avatar, you know, that you're going to be linked to, which is, again, an absolutely incredible animatronic one that's actually in water moving around uh, before you go into the other thing. Now, I've not actually done a standby wait other than during preview where I just walked through the whole thing because that was kind of blocked off uh, since everyone was using FastPass line. But um, So I got to kind of take that all in and enjoy it even more. But it's absolutely incredible with that queue that itself.
0: So you're seeing an animatronic in the queue?
1: Yes. Fabulous. Yes. Um, and a lot of other cool little things when you get to the lab part of it, you know, different creatures that they've caught that they're testing in the lab and, um, many different things, not so much interactive with, but you know, that do have kind of some sort of life form to them.
0: That's amazing.
1: Uh, The fast pass queue itself, not a lot to it because you're kind of going in, it almost feels backstage. Um, it's very concrete walls, getting ready to go into a lab type feeling. Uh, to where you get to get in line. So, if you only ever do it on Fast Pass, the the queue is going to be lost on you uh, by far.
0: Really? So, so they they've added nothing to the Fast Pass queue, really?
1: Well, the Fast Pass queue, the only part you're going to see that standby will be is from starting outside, going into part of where the cave paintings and everything else are, and then you go pretty much right to where you get to where the on the ride. Okay. So completely different feel because you're not going to see the lab. You're not going to see the avatar. You're not going to see any of that from, from Fast Pass. Okay. Now, I take the back. There's one part where you can see into that room where the lab and the avatar is, but you won't physically be in it. So unless you're actually stopping to pay attention to it, you're not going to see it. Okay. Um, it has two – essentially two pre-shows before you even get onto the ride itself. Really? So the first one is – uh you're kind of getting a a briefing on why you're there how you're getting linked and they do the whole process of kind of a dna match of you and the avatar that you're going to be linked to and again technologically beyond its time with the screens and the almost feels like holographic technology they use heat sensing cameras that are finding earthbound viruses and whatever else on you that air blows off of you and you know they really put you into it um, and match you to your avatar. So once you're finally matched and you know what you're doing, you go into your second pre-show, which is where... um blank on her name right now, the character from the, uh, the actress. That's Sigourney Weaver. Yes, Sigourney okay. Weaver. She's now telling you um, more of her history as the lead scientist and how she's done and how you're now going to be matched up with your specific... Banshee and what that process looks like and where you're going based on all of her travels or anything else. So you spend, it's probably about another, between the two pre-shows are probably about five minutes each. Um, okay. And there's, there's 16 people per pre-show. You're each on, on an assigned number and it links everything. And, and like I said, you see your picture, you see everything with it. So it's it's definitely interactive when it comes to that. Right. Second one, you're going with Sigourney and you're getting the whole background before you actually enter into the room. Now, again, no one had ever seen pictures or video or anything of this, and they are very specific of no pictures and no video once you get into the ride. So once you get in there, like I said, you're a group of 16, but it's two sections of eight, and you're essentially ride vehicle, more or less, is a motorcycle from the ride seat itself. So you go in, and you're sitting in a, a line of eight, and then the next line of eight is in almost another room. And you're sitting there and it's got a camera on there and it's checking your vitals and doing everything else. And you're (laughs) linking, you know, through your Banshee at that point to make sure that everything is connected. And you've got, the only thing I can think of is like mission space when the, right before you go and the the screen kind of comes right up to your face. Okay. You've got this plastic shield kind of thing that goes all the way across all eight of you sitting in there. And I'm sitting here thinking, obviously I know it's a screen based ride. And i'm thinking well maybe this little thing is just going to turn into a tv and i've got my own you know there's gonna be eight individual rides within this that we're each kind of on our own little banshee and then next thing you know room goes dark and all of a sudden that screen is completely gone and you have what feels like an imax screen two times the size of soren wow and it feels like you could reach out and probably touch it that you're that close to the screen I didn't even realize it until I started looking around because you almost have to move your head and look up, down, left, right to see the full screen that I could see that there's actually four levels of people and two across and everything else that you're now in this huge theater and you're all watching the same screen. The ride vehicle itself, the fact that for those of us seeing the movie, the Banshees breathe through their neck with your leg on there, imagine riding a motorcycle or a bicycle and you've got you know the seat and then gas tank, whatever, between your legs. You're feeling that contracting and expand and do everything else on your legs with its breathing. You're <laughs> feeling air on it.
0: I can't wait to hear what my wife thinks about that.
1: <laughs> it's insane. Like, you'll hear people scream when they don't realize what's going on at first. The sense, <laughs> the water, it is complete 4D. Um, But the ride itself is... Uh, I, like I said, I, I've, I've never really been able to describe it everyone's always like soren 3.0 no it's soren 10.0 but the visualization of the movie itself and how you're doing it and how all the water and scents interact with everything uh, there's really no way to describe how well they did it
0: do you need to know what you're looking at
1: no okay no i don't feel that this is one that you'd have to see the movie to truly understand Okay, because uh, the two pre-shows essentially are going to tell you everything that you need to know and what you're about to do.
0: Oh, that's so. There you go. That's great. So, um, how long is the ride? A couple minutes.
1: It's probably six, seven minutes.
0: So, from the time you enter the first pre-show to the time you're done, you're talking a twenty-minute experience.
1: Twenty thirty minutes total. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, that's that's a, also pushing the level on e-ticket. Right. And probably tells you why they can't load people in (laughs) in less than six hours.
1: Right. Well, and the other thing that I noticed is when I went for passholder, when we were in the first room for the pre-show, there must have been some sort of technological glitch. Something happened. So when we got to the second pre-show room, the door wasn't opening for us to get into that second room until the cast member came and opened it. And then Banshees got loose. We had to go back out. When we got in to the next ride, because we had to let the whole thing cycle, our pre-show was completely different. So that was another cool thing to see. And even I've now done it three times. The really? third time, it was still a, a different pre-show, even wow. though you're essentially still, the ride itself is still the same.
0: So they really focused on re rideability here. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So compare the movement of your ride vehicle to the movement of a vehicle such as Soren or I hear a lot of people talk about Soren meets... Star Tours. Um, are we talk? Are we as are we on a simulator here, or are we on a ride?
1: That's a tough one. Um, I'd almost put it between Soren. Nowhere near the intensity of Star Tours because you're not going to have the full pitch and turn of everything else. But I feel because you're closer to the screen, when you're on it and you're doing essentially a dive on your banshee going straight down. You almost feel like you're going straight down, even though the ride is probably only pitched like 10 degrees down.
0: Because my whole issue with Star Tours is I don't feel like I'm moving in this thing. I just feel like it's throwing me around and then right. I'm watching a movie. I mean, I get that sort of thing that some people get when they read in the car. You know they right. <laughs> that's the kind of feeling I come with out of star tours um, but I don't have that issue at all with soren so this is going to be more in that way where you feel like you're actually I mean th- there's enough movement where that is coordinated with what you're doing that that you're actually it's not random it's it's fluid
1: it's right. motion it, so yeah star tours you're being thrown around soren to me is just kind of a leisure ride not a lot of movement itself that you're necessarily feeling where this one and it may just be because of how you're sitting like i said almost like you're on a motorcycle you're you're not just sitting back in a chair you're kind of hunched over this thing um you know i felt that every movement that we did i i i felt like i technically could have been on pandora riding this thing doing all those movements and that's how it would have felt
0: so my main okay anything else you want to add on flights of passage before i move on (laughs) No. Okay, just wanted to make sure there I wasn't missing any elements before I before I go on. It's this this sounds like an amazing ride? I mean, I'm hearing, like I said, even the people who didn't tell me it's the greatest thing they ever been on certainly liked it, you know. And, and I have, right. a, you know, the problem is if I don't say it's the greatest ever, that means people think I didn't. I'm not gonna <laughs> like it, or that I thought people didn't. You know, that's the way it goes with this kind of stuff, right? And I'll um, even add
1: one thing to it really quick. Um, sure. know i was telling my wife before we went for the first time for her to ride it you know i was was saying how people have been going on this ride and and they cry by how incredible it is and she's like why would someone cry on any any sort of attraction and i was like i you know i i don't know i've never done it myself i didn't really get it and then when she got off we had to do rider switch because of the babies she got off and she looked at me and she was speechless she goes i almost cried and i'm like. She's like, I don't know how or why, but she's like, I almost cried from. I think it's just because of how real and how much they put you into it. But wow, I, that kind of surprised me because we were both like, I don't know why anyone would. And then she comes out and she's like, I almost did.
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question that maybe you can't answer, but I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there. Why couldn't we just put that in the Hollywood studios?
1: I don't think there's a reason why I couldn't.
0: Right. So here, herein lies the rub, guys. And this is this is really my art my my problem with it and Mike's problem with it. I think they've executed a beautiful job here. Um, and I expected nothing less from Joe. He he worked with what he had, he executed a beautiful thing. Um, I have some issues with the aesthetics, like the floating mountains. Um, and as a fan of the movie let's let's go to that for a second because yep. mike and i have both panned the mountain thing um and that's really the thing that that uh, the only thing that i really disliked about the execution of it um sure. how did, how did you feel about that
1: you know i knew going in that if disney was ever to make a way to have a mountain float or even move around would have been incredible but when you're looking at tons and tons of rock work and steel and everything else and knowing how Florida is with weather and our hurricanes and else, I know that was kind of off the table. You know, I I knew these weren't going to be floating mountains, but from the looks of them, yeah, I mean, they pretty much nailed it as much as you could make a floating mountain look. Because the big
0: centerpiece aesthetically is really just looks like an archway to me.
1: It, It does. Okay. It's more what you're seeing, kind of the smaller ones that are above the actual ride buildings itself that give more of that look. Because they're smaller, so they can make a smaller piece of steel where it looks like it may be doing it. Where you've got what you're saying, like this massive archway, you can only imagine what kind of steel girders or anything else are in there to have this massive piece stay where it's at.
0: Now we've both had Mike and I have both had a lot of discussions over the years about what we would rather have done, uh, what sure. we what we would rather have put into the to to there. And I think there, are, you know, we've we've come up with some great ideas. And I think and I've always said from the beginning, I mean Joe's original feel. For the for, you know the whole not a zoo thing was that we weren't going to just make this animal centric and a lot of people immediately come back to me and say well you know they built this because a lot of people are going to come nobody's going to come and see some koala bears um, regardless of the fact that I don't agree with that um, I, I think there's something you know there's a there's a, a somewhere in between koala bears and Avatar <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know they could have done something without buying this franchise and shoehorning it into um, the Animal Kingdom. However, you know, uh, thank God Joe Rody is still around and still working for them. Right. Because were it not for Joe, I don't know that he, they would have been able to so seamlessly integrate these two things. You know, the, the Animal Kingdom with this Avatar piece. I mean, it, it as a fan of the film... Um, so you have a perspective more of the film than I do. What I saw when walking in was sort of Joe's imagination gone crazy, <laughs> you know, you you know sure. because there's, do you see that too? I mean, as a person who sees the see, who, who who likes the movie much more and has a better frame of reference for it, does it look like avatar Joe roadie or does it look like avatar? Do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Joe definitely put a spin on it. But if you look at the movie, you know, what we see in the land itself isn't something that's definitely a, a feature itself within the movie. So I think there's a lot of those kind of just kind of left to the unknown or left to Joe's imagination of, you know, here's the movie. Here's what we haven't really seen when it comes to these details. How do you visualize them and do it? And I think that's where he and James Cameron working together were able to put this where had we seen these details, this is probably exactly what it would have looked like.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I again, I, I wish I had seen this um, at night and I, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, I have seen it at night. I wish I had seen it in better weather at right. night and, and, and during the day, um, because I feel like it'll translate better to me. So your your recommendation to me would be start start as a clean slate and do this in the better weather and yeah. see the E-ticket. Yes. And are you happy it's there? I mean, as an Animal Kingdom fan, are, are are you in whole on a whole happy that Avatar is put there, or are you still in the camp? Or yes, I love it, but maybe it doesn't belong in the Animal Kingdom. I mean, how do you how do you feel now having seen it?
1: I think I'm indifferent. I I don't mind that it's in an Animal Kingdom itself. I think it's far enough removed within the park itself that you really don't see that. Right anywhere else within the park except for maybe the oasis when you're first walking in right um so you know if it was a tree of life centerpiece to the park i'd maybe feel a little bit different but i think where they've put it they, they did a good job with it now i wish mike was here as well i'm gonna play kind of devil's advocate for you if we had the beastly kingdom land that was originally planned with all these mythological creatures if that mm-hmm. was existent and we had everything else how would you then feel about this land coming in if that also existed
0: i think i'd feel the same and i'll tell you why and it's difficult to sort it's it's difficult to sort of to um to formulate this but i think as avatar came in my my feelings on what they could have done and what they were thinking of doing sort of crystallized more and over the last week the more i've been thinking about it the more i've been talking to people who have kind of gotten on my case about the way i felt about it um you know, I, I, it sort of helped me sort of hone my, my view in a little bit. The beastly kingdom um, is part of human culture in one way, shape, or form. And it's a part of human culture that has to do with the imagination of humans with animals. So whatever they actually saw, uh, you know, a, a giant condor or something, the imagination of the human thought it was a dragon. <laughs> right, and came up with this idea of what it is. So a dragon, to me, is sort of the beginning of Mickey Mouse. So here's Walt seeing a mouse and using his imagination to turn it into this thing that people love. That, to me, is what a dragon is, or a Yeti, or a Loch Ness Monster, or all these things. It's human culture and human imagination and, and the natural world colliding together. And I think they could have still done that here at the Animal Kingdom. I mean, they could easily, Scott, have produced China right. and brought in koala bear or, or brought, brought in giant pandas, you know, some moved done a tiger thing there, um, you know, or, or something like that, and then added the dragons of China or something else. You know, they could have done a great wall kind of thing because that that all would have worked into what we have now so you could have used the far east to facilitate a beastly kingdom you know by focusing more on the imagination of the culture and their their relationship with wildlife than um you know than on the wildlife itself if that makes sense so that to me that you could have done sort of a dino land over here with a, something else right cuz that's what dino land is we've taken our right. imagination and humans imagination of what dinosaurs look like and how they acted and all this and we've created something avatar while aesthetically joe has done a great job with placing it here it it's not it has no relation to to me the overall I mean, it has no relation in my mind to me, the overall, um, feeling of the park, which was the natural world and humans and the culture that develops out of the natural world and humans, um, avatar doesn't have that. The only thing, the only thread you can kind of find is the conservation thread in the film itself. Right. So, so that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I think I'm indifferent like you are too but I think I'll never get past that I don't know I don't
1: know no, that's that's a perfect response you know I never really thought about it in that way that you're saying it and you know I, I totally get it and I almost wonder you know did did Joe kind of take that knowing that his thought and brainchild behind the beastly kingdom himself and, and kind of give himself a little more freedom within this land and I also feel because this land is so small, We've got what three or four more movies if they ever come out. You know, I almost wonder—is it going to lead to the possibility of expansion and, and what else they can do to try to then blend this all back in? Do you
0: think that's what what we're going to go for? I mean, you think we're we're we're, we're... I,
1: th- I think so. I think by having such limited offerings within it, and as small as it is, and knowing what kind of space still lies all around that area, I, I see. 10, 20 years down the road, there will be one or two more expansions that will, again, help and tie big picture Avatar back to Animal Kingdom.
0: As a person who heard what I said about it and was sort of like, you know, (laughs) didn't agree. Let's put it that way. um, Pull yourself out of the fandom of Avatar. Think of somebody like my wife, who's never seen the film. I mean, Scott, my wife, if you put if if a blue navi walked into the room <laughs> and sat down next to her, she, before we went to Pandora, she would have no idea what that was. Right, she would have thought it was from Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, she'd have no idea. So move, remove yourself from that, and think about. And this is the perspective that I, my criticism. Now, what do you see? You, you, you see what I'm saying? Now yeah, you see. It. You, now you see plants and 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 you know purple <laughs> purple <laughs> bananas. I mean, I, I, you know. Uh, do, do you get that? I mean, is that translated at all? Or do you think that, that they, again, this is me coming from a perspective of not seeing it in all its glory. Do you think that that just doesn't matter? Like the land itself? Cause this brings me to my argument of this would have made a great ride at the studios. Right. We didn't need to build all the rest of this. Do you think we needed to build all the rest of this?
1: <laughs> no, I, I completely get that and remove yourself from it. But at the same time, I've got to look back. This is still what the highest grossing film of all time. Are there...
0: I understand that.
1: How, how many... What, what's the percentage-wise of people that have seen it and haven't seen it that are going into this?
0: I only know one.
1: <laughs> so and I've got to step... That's where I've got to look when I step back is, you know... I personally, you know, I know you talked about the drum circles and I've seen those characters wearing their loincloth or whatever else that is they're wearing. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd much rather see an avatar walking around in that park somehow i'm sure there's a way they can make it work whether it's someone walking around in a latex suit dying from heat and whatever else in that thing but right um i, I think there's still a lot more that can be done in that area
0: i i just i just, the, the, just want to put one little button on the drum circle thing because I, <laughs> I i know i really made i really made that sound terrible um and, and i and i really feel that it is uh, it's one thing you're not going to get me down on. I, I just, you know, that anybody isn't going to get me get, get me happy about. It. I just thought it was poor. Um, it seemed to me, Scott, that what they were trying to do was create an animal kingdom-style uh, cultural event right. out of something that they really had no frame of reference for. So let's just put up some drums and put some blue paint on people and put them in goofy costumes and. And do something hardly audible,
1: you know. <laughs> now, and and I've not personally watched the actual drum circle and stuff going on. I've I've heard it from within the land, and I almost feel that they would have been better off leaving it almost as background loop music to it because there is a lot of drums, and and they do a lot of that when they sit around a one or anything else in the land. They almost kind of use the ground as a. a sense of you know the way the music is within the film so i think it it works well in the area again without having seen it itself but you know I've, I've heard from you and others that it doesn't necessarily fit the the actual show itself, area other than trying to make it more Animal Kingdom-esque.
0: Yeah, that's really all they've they've tried to do. So, so here is this is kind of like my perspective, what I feel. I mean, I, I, when I go see this, flights of passage, it all may change. When I go see this in the nice weather, it all may change. And it will. And I'm leaving that possibility open. And I am going to try to go in with a clean slate. Um, but the, the but when you think about the different things, I mean, it, it just seems like they spent all this time and money you know creating these things that you know creating this aesthetic and creating all of the you know the floating mountains and all this and maybe it didn't need that maybe it just needed to be this incredible ride and maybe a great gift shop and a and a you know and a and a little area that you know surrounding the ride that that kind of you know with a great queue and some so you know and the thing turn the, the the at night if you have a queue you know if you have an outdoor part of the queue all the vegetation you know illuminates at night and and maybe that's really it and that's kind of the the biggest criticism i have walking out which was man they spent a lot of time and money on this and i just don't know if 15 years down the road or 10 years down the road and like you said there's movies coming but 10 years down the road if this is all going to be necessary, you know, or, or are we just going to be, right. you know, just walking through it to get to the ride?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it's a fair question, though.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And listen, I want to thank you for doing this. Uh, hopefully it recorded well.
1: <laughs> and make sure when you're there next time you have to eat there. It's I've, I will. It's probably the best quick service that I've had. I actually – great left work one day and I took a long lunch break and I went to Pandora to eat lunch for that exact reason
0: okay great so so before we go let's because Mike loves his loves his food so I've heard that uh, people have said that you agree this is a, this is a good restaurant
1: yes and it's it's healthy and, and I've um, I've eaten there three times more I've seen there a couple of times even the, the quick service lumpia snack out there one of the best snacks I think but food is definitely worth it very uh Price wise is for the portion you get. Uh, the fact you can order it through the app, everything it's it's right. it's great.
0: Yeah, I think I mentioned last time. I, I kind of I didn't do it because you would go through the app and then the app would tell you we can't guarantee you can get here. Right. You know, so I so I didn't with a two year old. You, you got to kind of guarantee he's gonna eat.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: you know, so next time when I go, I'm gonna have a a, a couple of days. My wife there. I might dragoon you into coming over, um, <laughs> and then and then I can get this stuff done, you know, and and see it a little bit better. And i and I just again I want to thank you for doing it. I we really 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 needed somebody to come on who does not have Mike with his scowl, you know, breathing down your neck about how god awful this really is. Because I mean you should hear it when he's off air, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I'm really fascinated to see what he's going to say after he sees it. And after he's there, you know, I'm really fascinated because um I think certainly the food and certainly the the e-ticket might just wobble him
1: a little bit. You know. <laughs> Yeah, he he's in for I think a little bit of a shock when he gets there.
0: Yeah. Again, thank you very much. Uh, how do they find your show?
1: Uh, find the show on iTunes and anywhere else you can find podcast enchanted Tiki Talk. I'm on Twitter at Scotty Campbell or Instagram at Scotty Boy.
0: Na outro cupou, <Messi> a melele a. Ia.